Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. All right, let's go into the teaching for today. First and foremost, you see, <laughs> it so happened that something very interesting happened today that might even be like a part of what I want to teach. And I'm just going to show it to you. Some people have different reactions to it, but I will tell you what happened to me. As you all know, I was in Ilori, you know, since Friday, preaching, long schedule. I came back. I got back into the house about 8.40 p.m. or something. And I just slept off. Because even prior to the lowering, I, I mean, I'd had a very busy schedule generally, recently. Very, very busy. My wife knows I would like to pray and prepare. So she came into the room, woke me up 5 a.m. She was in the study, you know, praying, preparing. You know, so she came into the room, woke me up 5 a.m. I woke up. You know that thing we do now. So I got up. You no know, prayed a bit and slept off. And you know, I, I said to myself, if I'm going to sleep, I'm going to sleep just one more hour, I'll set my alarm. But for some reason, I was so tired, I didn't even set the alarm. And I just slept off. At exactly the time I was supposed to wake up, I started hearing knocks. This is interesting. Those of you who um, follow my teaching ministry know that I've shared a testimony before of a time I was supposed to be praying, you know, and I was also tired and I slept off and I, I heard alarm. And I woke up, check out, checked all the phones, and it was none of them. So, so this, this was not the first time. But this one happened in a very interesting way, seemingly natural way. I heard knocks. I, I woke up. First and foremost, that's a miracle. I'm a deep sleeper. So the fact that it woke me up, story for another day. I woke up. It was not the door. It was the window right over my head. Two things you must take note of. My room has about five windows, but this was the exact window just above my head. And this was the exact time I was supposed to wake up. And I opened the curtain to see. You know, some people said, um, birds always knock on the window. You know, they are fighting their reflection. I understand there is a natural side to it. But first and foremost, this has never happened to me before. I have never witnessed it happen in that house. It happened at the exact time I was meant to wake up. Exact time. So, you know, I told someone just two weeks ago, interestingly, I said, when you talk about divine leading... I, I live like Bible days, I'm telling you. I live like Bible days. So many spectacular ladies, some of them I can't share. There are some things, if I tell you this happened, you will say, mm. <laughs> because I don't know. I remember this particular thing has happened twice. During my IT, I, I did my IT with Julius Berger, and for some reason, my supervisor gave me his clutch pencil to do a particular project. I know this pencil was special, but he just gave special emphasis to that pencil and said, make sure you don't misplace it. I said, I've heard, sir. As I was about to collect it, he said, have you heard me? Ha. And maybe, maybe not. I thought the guy already had some beef for me anyway. So, you know, this was... And I tried to be careful with things like that. And then, long story short, I misplaced it. How did I misplace it? You know, it dropped from my pocket. It dropped from, it dropped from my pocket or something like that, you know. I said, God, it's like this man knew I'm in trouble. What do I do? And I just been, 
had just been reading about, you know, angels and divine leading and stuff like that. So I just prayed from my heart. I wasn't even trying to be deep or spiritual. And I said, God, please, I don't know how you're going to do it. And honestly, I don't care. <laughs> please let me find this clutch pencil. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, long story short, two days later, I'm dressing my bed. You need to dress your bed, people. Dress your bed, people. And I lift up a side, you know, to tuck it in very well. And right under the bed was the clutch pencil. Now, listen. I know where the pencil fell. Listen, I heard the sound. You know when something drops and you just be like, it's your mind. So it dropped in the bus stop. I know. Ain't no way it's going to have been there. Now, and I've had many instances like that. However, for some of you, you're just wondering, well, I never really experienced things like this. So what, what does that say? Maybe God loves some people and he doesn't love some others. Or what, what, what does that mean? Because some of you have tried extraordinary things. Oh, maybe if I do this, I'll hear God in a spectacular way. And all the things you tried never worked out. And you're just wondering. For instance, when it comes to salvation, maybe you're tired of um, debating you know, the Bible with people. And you wish God would just appear to them. And solve all the debates. First and foremost, it can happen and it does happen. Come on, are you listening to me? But I will not be a pessimistic preacher if I told you that it won't always happen. It's not God's normal order. God has ordained for salvation to happen by the preaching of the gospel. It has to happen by the preaching of the gospel. And so, yeah, some people will have the soul experience. You are on your way to Damascus in rebellion and all of a sudden a bright line, light shines in your eyes, bright enough to make you blind indefinitely and to knock you off your horse. And then you hear an audible voice calling your name and saying, why are you persecuting me? Go into the city to be told you what you shall do. And maybe you're wondering, why wouldn't that happen? I want, to, I want to show you why. Paul told us why it happened to him. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1. There's a huge lesson here. 1 Timothy chapter 1 from verse 15. Come on, are you there? It says, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. He says, listen, I know there are many sinners that you have found in the world. He says, I'm chief amongst them. And why did he call himself chief? In other instances and maybe in this, he called himself chief because he persecuted the church. A lot of people have done many horrible things, but the fact that I was instrumental to the killing of Stephen and to the arrest of many believers, I'm the chief of sinners. Verse 16, everybody read verse 16 together. One, two, go. However, for this reason I have obtained mercy, that in me first, Jesus Christ might show all long suffering as a what? Pattern to those who, we, who are going to believe in him for everlasting life. Listen, so now he says, what God did for me was not just for me. What God did for me was for everyone who will believe afterwards. God made it a pattern. So now, why does God give spectacular encounters to some people? So that by extension, by their miracle, it can be an evangelical medium to everyone else. Are you getting what I'm saying? So usually, more often than not, spectacular encounters are not for individuals alone. What God does to one, he does to all. And by their testimony, you're meant to change your perspective about God and receive that as something that God has said to you. For you to say it must happen to you, for you to believe it, that would be wrong. 
See what God did in others as a pattern, as an example for you to follow. Say loud amen if you are with me. It doesn't have to be spectacular for it to be spiritual. If you don't know this, in your quest to grow in discernment, you're going to suffer many things. Many false religions in this world started by spectacular encounters. Spectacular encounters. Go and read up, you know, how Seventh-day Adventists started and all these movements. They had a spectacular encounter. Someone they thought to be an angel said some things, instructed them to write some things. And at the end of the day, it was a perversion of the truth. Because you need to know that as much as we are charismatic people and spiritual people, spiritual experiences must be tested and interpreted peripasu the word of God. Because even Satan can appear as an angel of light. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's very important. It doesn't have to be spectacular for it to be spiritual. Learn to accept and embrace the ways that God speaks to you. Let me, let me, let me tell you this. It is sin for God to speak to you in a way and for you to despise it because it's not spectacular enough for you. This great church is a move of God. It is visible to the blind and audible to the deaf that it's a move of God. At the same time, I never saw any vision. I woke up one morning and I had a supernatural note. It's, it's like something dropped. It, it, I felt like a piggy bank and a coin was dropped from my head. I just knew that the church was to start 11, 11, 12. I just knew that. But, you know, coming from my background with Winner's Chapel, when Bishop says he was in an 18-hour vision, I thought, God, like, this church, is it going to be as great? This one that you didn't give me a vision, let me, I want my body to be vibrating for four days. But thank God, I learned better. Let me tell you something. Are you ready for this? Sometimes, God gives some people spectacular encounters because they are weak in faith. I'm not saying that's what happened to Bishop, please. Do you understand what I'm saying? But I'm saying sometimes. Come on, are you listening to me? The closer you are to someone, the less explicit the person has to be when the person is communicating. You can understand the person's signals, the person's wink, the person's facial expression, the person's demeanor. You just understand that. The reason why Peter needed to see a trance three times is because he was in unbelief. God already said, go into all the world. Preach the gospel to every creature. He didn't need a trance for him to know that he could preach to Cornelius. All the theatrics happened because he was in unbelief. Come on, are you with me? Because if he was ready to obey the word of God as against obeying tradition. The people from Cornelius' house knocking at the door and saying, oh, we would like to host you for a bit. That should have been enough. But God had to not only speak to Cornelius, he had to also persuade Peter. After seeing a trance three times, when he woke up, God still had to speak to him and said, those people at the door, follow them. So the fact that someone had it more spectacular doesn't even make the person more spiritual than you. Do you understand what I'm saying? You see, the Bible tells us a very interesting story in 1 Kings chapter 19 of how the Lord God spoke to Elijah in one instance. He was on the mountain waiting to hear from the Lord. 1 Kings chapter 19 from verse 11. The Bible says, And he said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. The Lord did what? It says, And a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rock in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. Everybody say that with me. Say, the Lord was not in the wind. Say it again. Say, the Lord was not in the wind. See, I'm making you repeat this because some of us are so used to seeing God in the spectacular but it says God was not in the wind. Oh, Mataka Come on, are you with me? 
God was not in the wind. He didn't stop there. It says, and after the wind, an earthquake. Right after the wind, there was an earthquake. But what did he say next? But God was not in the earthquake. Don't let my making you repeat it piss you off. Say that with me. Say God was not in the earthquake. Wind is spectacular. Earthquake is spectacular. But God was not in it. And after the earthquake, a fire. But God was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. Many of you, God has spoken to you many times. You've despised it. You've despised it. Because it's not spectacular, you think it was not deep enough. And in pursuing the spectacular, we have many times missed the supernatural. Don't be that guy. Let me tell you three reasons why you should even be cautious of the spectacular. Or why you should not limit the leading of God to the spectacular. Number one, visions are not infallible. Are you with me? Visions are not infallible. You know, the Bible says, even about prophecy, it says that when one person prophesies, others should judge. There should be two judging. Meaning it is by the word of God that we even know what prophecy to receive. Just because someone had a spectacular encounter, claimed they saw something, doesn't mean that it's from God. Sometimes you simply ate too much and slept and saw things. It must be judged. And so visions are not infallible. If you are too driven by the spectacular, you will miss it many times, I'm telling you. Just because someone had a dream about you doesn't mean it's of God. Are you with me? Uh-huh. You know, I received a call weeks ago from someone I love very much, so I'm not saying this to castigate her, but she's my student, so I'm teaching you <laughs> from my experience. And she said, she first started, I, I woke up to a text saying, Sir, I'm sorry to bother you. The Lord said I should tell you something. So, and let, let me just say this. Many of you have been instrumental to giving me confirmations in this church. But if you're going to come to me, come correct. Come correct. Don't just bring one Akamu vision. I, I, I'm, listen, I can receive a, a word, but I, I'm your trainer, I'm your pastor. Hallelujah. You know, and so she said, so I was like, oh, okay. So I called her, and she first started by talking about how, you know, one time she had a dream, and then this terrible thing happened. That's how she started. I have a lot to teach. I wish I had more time. <laughs> you all be judgmental in this church, you know. Listen. If it's the word of God, even if it is a correction, it won't inspire fear. It won't inspire hopelessness. Uh, that's very important. So even the way she started was suspect. That she had a dream, this bad thing happened, and it happened. Then she said, I had this dream about you, sir. And this and this happened. You know, this, this was a while ago. You know, this and... She was about to say what will happen. So she, she was reluctant. So I now said, you know what, well, listen, if the Lord gives a vision about something bad, it's because he's giving us ample time to prepare to advert it. You know, so I was telling her that. And she said, sir, the troubling thing is there's nothing that can be done about it to happen. I said, I said, if, I said in fact, don't bother saying it. <laughs> I said, don't bother saying it. So now... You had a dream that something bad will happen. And it's inevitable. From the Lord. And then when I said, okay, you know what, don't bother saying it. She said, the thing is, God said, I must tell you. I said, no. <laughs> Imagine, 
God said, you must tell me something bad that will happen that I can't do anything about. That's not true. Check the Bible. When the man of God received the prophecy, he faced the wall and said, only the living can praise you as I do this day. You know, God told the prophet, turn back. That's the God of the Bible. So if you are not trained, someone will just give you one, you will lose your sleep. You <laughs> Hallelujah. And at the same time, spirituality doesn't mean you are so scared. In this world, you have tribulations. Are you aware? So <laughs> We are not using this, this divine leading thing as a measure to control our fear. We don't walk in fear. Come on, are you with me? We don't walk in fear. Visions are not infallible. Number two, visions can be fabricated. Listen, many people have made millions of dollars off the church because of our idolizing of spectacular stories and encounters. Anybody will just wake up and say, ah, I went to hell. And people who know nothing about eschatology, know nothing about the scriptures, who just buy the story. There's a young boy who claimed to have gone to heaven. The story was suspect to me because they made it. There was a movie adaptation and he talked about one scene where he was telling the angels to sing for him. And the angels were singing. So he now said, okay, sing this song. We, 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 will rock you. I said, so I'm just like, this thing is typical of a five-year-old. Wait, you know, I just, I just brushed it off. Me, generally, I don't want to say something you will misunderstand. I don't learn about God from movies, generally, me. If I'm watching movies, cruise, it's vibes. If I want to learn about God, I read Bible. <laughs> me, me personally. Just as well, I was just watching with a pinch of salt, like, ah, that's cute. Now, years later, the boy came out to say, he's sorry, he didn't go anywhere. That his parents told him all those things, and some of them, he just added his imagination. Now, the thing is, you've already made millions of dollars from book sales. Is that the strategy now? You just say you went to heaven, make money, then repent. <laughs> Is there repentance without restitution? You know who will return my money. <laughs> you know? And but some church people are so gullible. Listen. And that's why I said, you, oh my God, I'm coming to that. You know, have you read the story of the rich man and Lazarus? When the rich man was in Hades. He said, please send someone from here to go and warn my brother so that they won't come here. You know what God said? You know what, you know what Abraham said? He says, they have Moses and the prophets. They have the scriptures. If they will not read their Bible, if they will not hear the scriptures, neither will they hear anyone from here. That's God's opinion on this. So if anyone says God sent them from hell or from heaven, it means God is not the same yesterday, today, and forever. Listen, one way to know someone really went to heaven is even to say it, they'll be reluctant. Paul says, there was a man caught up in the third heavens. Whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot say. He was using coded language. Because anyone who is truly spiritual will want the faith of people to be vested on the word of God and not on experiences. Are you getting what I'm saying? This is important. They will come and lie to you. I saw this woman of God in hell uh, because she used Jericho. Because rubbish. Rubbish. I saw a long line. The long line was leading to hell. I saw a short line. The short line was leading. No, in fact, there was no line. I just saw once every two days, one, someone would just throw. So me, Nigerian, I see the way to heaven. I'm now on a line. Q. Eh? <laughs> you, that last man is trying to control. You suddenly be, be started behaving on the way to hell. 
What do you What do It can be fabricated. You know, there was a woman who went to hellfire and said, went to hellfire, went to heaven, and said, God told her that Bishop Oedipo has missed it, Pastor Adiboy has missed it, all the generals have missed it. You know, so there's a popular Jew in this country that had always had beef for those men of God and said, you see, I've been saying it. Invited the woman to their church. No, not invited. They played the video in their church. They didn't know that the woman will have part two. <laughs> so in part two of the vision, she went to heaven again. God now told her that this man of God too is not. So the man of God was now trying to do damage control and say, in fact, she's, she's not of God. No, she's of God. She's of God. <laughs> she's not of God since when she's of God. <laughs> Please read your Bible, okay? <laughs> you know the scary part? I'm not even saying you didn't see a vision. I'm saying it's not God. <laughs> I'm saying it's not God. Are you in church? Number one, visions are not infallible. Number two, they can be fabricated by even humans. Number three, the devil can mimic that. Simple things like an inward witness, the devil cannot mimic it. The devil can't mimic that. Because when the spirit bears witness with your spirit, that's something internal. Something internal. Something internal. Listen, if the spirit is inside you, he need not speak from outside. If the spirit is inside you, a nudge will be enough. enough. And so that nudge is more powerful than any spectacular encounter. You see, the reason why Moses needed a bush to be on fire is because he was a man of the senses. That's why. Don't despise the nudge of God. That nudge. Even if it's just a simple nudge, pray today. Pray. Spend more time praying. Study. Talk to that person about me. Forgive. Are you listening to me? For some of you, it is that nudge that brought you here to this church. And you are still thinking, ah, God doesn't speak to me. Oh, you're wrong, bro. You just, you, you have just idolized the spectacular leadings. Hallelujah. So we must get back to the primary ways, simple ways that God leads. So the title of this sermon is How God Leads. How God Leads. You know, and I want to just give you a fundamental framework. When it comes to the leading of God, it doesn't matter how deep you are in the things of God, how long you've, you've been speaking in tongues, and how many visions you've seen. God's primary instrument of guidance is His Word. Say loud, amen. amen. It's His Word. You're going to have to be a student of the Word. It is the Word in the first place that will be your, a protection from deception when it comes to spectacular encounters. It's the Word that is your instrument for, for judging which voice is from God and which voice is from your full stomach. Psalm 119, verse 105. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Say loud, amen. amen. Say with me, your word, your word. is a lamp unto my feet and the light unto my path. What is saying in essence is the word of God is an instrument for direction. With the word of God, I have direction on where to go, how to live my life. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. If you study your Bible, many of the things you are praying about, you won't pray about again. Because it's all there. You're single. You're in love with someone who does not know the Lord and you're praying for the will of God. This is the will of God. I'm telling you now. No. <laughs> That's 
the will of God. <laughs> so, and that's why we did some preliminary trainings. Sometimes it is very futile to teach people on hearing God's voice and all these things. Because if primarily you don't even know what it means to align and incline your heart to the word of God, even if God speaks to you, you won't hear. You know, one very instructive video, I don't know if you've seen it, these video memes, Christian video memes, a lady was saying, God, speak to me if I'm in the wrong relationship. And then uh, someone, of, of course, who was act, playing the role of an angel, hit her head with fry pan. Bam! Very loud, though. God, I can't hear anything. Speak to me. Bam! And that happened four times. And I said, God doesn't lead me. Uh-uh. You are in love. That's why it's so clear. Everybody... Do you know when you are already set in your ways? Have you, have you seen someone who is in love with the wrong person? All you and your friends will be telling the person, guy, this babe, now nah, your money she wants. Or this guy doesn't really care about you. He's a player. Oh. And somehow, the person doesn't listen. Haven't you witnessed that? Leading is so hard when you, you I mean, you have refused to see. And that's what the word of God does. It corrects us. It gives us, you know, how to act, how to behave. It even predisposes us better to spectacular encounters. You know what James said? He says, you ask and you don't receive. Because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lusts. Meaning if your motives are wrong, you will never hear God. You will never hear God. And from Abraham, it had been prophesied that there will be a Messiah. The whole Old Testament was littered with prophecies about the Messiah. The Messiah comes. And these Pharisees who have rejected the word of God in the first place are telling him, if you are the Messiah, show us with a sign. That's where you will know, let me tell you something. For some people, their prayer for direction annoys God. I know it sounds ironic, but it's true. But if you are not a person of simple obedience to the word of God, your prayer for direction is an expression of rebellion, is a reflection of hard-heartedness. I want to show it to you. Look at Matthew chapter 12, from verse 38. Teach us, teacher, show us a sign that you are from heaven. And Jesus responded, wicked and adulterous generation. No sign shall be given to you except from the sign of Jonah. As Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights, so shall the son of man. So what happened to Jonah prefigured the death of Jesus and his rise. So in other words, Jesus was saying, if you want a sign, read your Bible. Someone said this, and it might be dramatic, but I mean, it's actually very instructive. He said, if you want to hear God, read your Bible out loud. And of course, the word of God, I mean, the Bible has to be properly interpreted for you to get the word of God. But it just tells you, God's word is in there. When you believe in the final authority of the scriptures, you believe that what God says is what his word says. Any angel or spirit that speaks to you and it does not align with the word of God, that's not God. Even if he says, even if he says, I am <laughs> he will never contradict his word. Come on, are you listening to this? We must become word people. We must honor the word of God above all else. Are you with me? Now, this second way that I'm about to teach you or talk to you about, every believer has it. And this way that God leads it outclasses any other leading you read about in the Old Testament. Moses' burning bush, you know, all the visions, you know, even the types of Christ that they saw, you know, and all of that, all those angelic encounters, it outclasses all of them. There is one type of leading that only believers can have. You don't have, a, you don't have to be born again to see an angel. You don't have to be born again to have a trance. Cornelius was not born again when he saw an angel. At least at the time. 
But there is a type of leading that only believers have. Are you ready to know what type it is? Look at Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 from verse 13. It says, if you live according to the flesh, you shall die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you shall live. Verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Now, that structure, construction, might be misleading. What he's actually saying is this. As many as are the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. That's what he's actually saying. Because you are a child of God, you are led by the Spirit of God. He's not telling you what to do to be a son of God. He's telling you what you have because you are a son. Do you understand what I'm saying? And now, what did he say? What kind of leading is he talking about? The fact that by the Holy Spirit, the sinful cravings of the flesh are no more irresistible. That you can, by the Spirit, put to death the sinful cravings of the body. That since you believed, now, every time you have the temptation to beat someone up, self-control. Every time you have the temptation to lie, self-control. To steal, self-control. That's a leading. Come on, are you with me? That's a leading. It might be a moral leading, but it is a leading. Listen, you know what I'm helping you do? If you don't appreciate the small manifestations of God in your life, you won't see the spectacular ones. So here you are saying, oh, I wish God would just lead me. And he leads you every day, every day by his spirit to say yes to his will and no to the sinful cravings of the flesh. You need to start celebrating that. Because that's not ordinary. Come on, are you with me? It's it is the power of the Holy Spirit at work in you. He said, I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. He says, there shall no more anyone teach his neighbor saying, know the Lord. The fact that you wake up in the morning and you know enough to pray, you know enough to study without supervision, without force, that's a leading. So the fact that you are still trusting for the leadings to become more specific, you want to start hearing names and addresses. Start appreciating the manifestations of God you already see in your life. Amen, someone? Yeah. How many of you have been led to overcome temptation before? That's powerful. That's power. That's power. Galatians chapter 4. Chapter 5, I beg your pardon. From verse 16 to 18. I say then, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, the Spirit against the flesh. These are contrary one to another that you, should, you cannot do the things that you wish. Verse 18. But if you are led by the Spirit. So now that's a leading. Not obeying the promptings of the flesh, obeying the Spirit instead. It's a leading. Some of you think the Holy Spirit only leads you. Okay, go to Abiyakuta. Okay, stay in Ibadan. Those are actually minor. The biggest leadings are the leadings that help you walk in a way that is consistent with God's plan in His Christ. Especially on the lanes of sanctification. That's powerful. Come on, do you have that in your life or not? So now, as we come to the more practical ones, or more practical ways, I came up with an acronym that will help you never forget. PRICE. P-R-I-C-E. PRICE. How I can descend the leading of God with PRICE. P-R-I-C-E. P stands for persuasions. 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 R stands for restrictions. I, I stands for ideas and passions. And E stands for... No, C stands for confirmations. And E stands for ease. So the first, persuasions. 
you know, many times, you see in the Bible, Jesus is talking to people and you, you see, the Bible says, and Jesus knew their thoughts. Paul will say, I perceive. What's he talking about? In the natural senses, you perceive with your nose. But he's talking about something with your spirit. You just sense it. Have you ever just sensed something is wrong? Have you ever sensed that before? Listen, you didn't hear a voice. Nobody told you anything. But you just, and it wasn't as if there were any real convincing um, physical cues. You just, there was something strong in your spirit saying, ah, I just know. I just know. I can't really place my fingers on it, but I know. I know. I know. Have you ever, you know, just had a strong push to do something? You know, this is what I'm supposed to be doing with my life now. That's what I'm talking about. Persuasions. Say with me, say persuasions. Hallelujah. Look at Acts chapter 14 from verse 8 to 9. I'm going to read as fast as possible. Acts chapter 14 from verse 8 to 9. It says, And there sat a certain man in Lystra, impotent in his feet, being crippled from his mother's womb, who had never walked. The same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed. How do you perceive that? It's a spiritual perception. You just know. So watch out for that. Amen, somebody. Watch out for it. It's, it's an impression in your spirit. Number two, restrictions. If I believe I, you know this one. For some reason, maybe something you even should be excited about, you just, you just have a restraint. I'm not talking about your general procrastination. No. <laughs> Say, ah, but take your soap. <laughs> you know, for some reason, it's just a restraint. Someone that everybody is finicky about, for some reason, you just know this person, no. This person, there's something. This person is not to be trusted. For some reason, you just know, I shouldn't travel to this place. I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't do that. A restraint. A restraint. So the same God who said, go into the world, all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Now, Paul is about to go to Asia and the Bible says he was restrained by the Spirit. How can the Spirit restrain you from preaching? He was restrained. And then he now saw a vision. People in Macedonia saying, come to us. You know, this is how the Lord leads. Restraints. Come on, are you with me? The restraints. Watch out for that. Watch out for that. When you're picking your friends, after you have done all your due diligence, you have picked based on, you know, common interests. Ah, you're a Liverpool, you're a Liverpool fan. Me too. You studied accounting. Me too. Watch out for restraints. Many people have ignored the restraints of the spirit much to their peril. Don't ignore it. Let me tell you something. Even if you can't explain it, don't ignore it. Did you hear what I said? Even if you can't explain it, don't ignore it. Don't ignore it. Some Christians go the extra mile and do silly things, unnecessary things. Have you seen Christians who will message someone and say, you know, I have a nudge that your mommy is a witch. Have you seen? Have you heard? Have you, why is it, ah, you've not heard of such? Do, do you understand what I'm saying? First and foremost, <laughs> it's because a lot of Christians have not been taught on authority. Okay, if she's, if she's a witch and so, come on, are you with me? So what? Now, there is also the practical side. I've been in this for a long time. How many of you know that witches exist? Raise your hand. Okay. But do you know, of the hands that I raised, 
If someone you say your uncle is your uncle, or someone close, you say, why? You, be, you might be annoyed. You are comfortable with the fact that it might be someone's mom. <laughs> Conversation for another day. So there is that too. So accept where extremely necessary. You don't do that. Are you with me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have more to say on that, but I will just... So watch out for restrictions. Say restrictions. Uh-huh. If the Lord says, don't marry that guy, don't. Don't do business with that. That person might be a church person. No? Don't do business with her or with him. Don't. All right? The third, ideas and passions. Oh my God. Let me tell you something. Somehow, there is a pattern in the Bible that you see. When God, <laughs> let me teach you this way. The word of God is not like the word of men. When a man speaks to you, is advice. But when God speaks to you, something enters you. Something that puts in you what is consistent with that word that you are supposed to fulfill. It sets you up on your feet. It makes you go. So as a Christian who follows the spirit of God, your passions can no longer be ignored. Are you getting what I'm saying? I'm not saying that inevitably because there are Christians who walk in the flesh. I'm not saying anything you're passionate about like Liverpool. You know, it's God's word to you, you know. But I'm saying it can no more be ignored. Especially if it's something that was not on your mind out of nowhere. You just find this thought overwhelming you. You are just passionate about something. Even if God has not categorically spoken to you yet, I am telling you, chances are, it is a pointer to your destiny. So before Moses had a burning bush experience, he already couldn't stand the oppression of the Israelites. Remember? When he saw that soldier, he couldn't take it. He was wrong. He did it in the flesh. He killed the guy that was wrong, made him a fugitive. But that was a reflection of his destiny. You know what the Bible says? Philippians chapter 2 verse 13. Open it quickly. Open it as fast as you can. Listen, this is very simple and very powerful. Look at the screen. Read it together. One, two, go. Listen, that's discernment there. Maybe you didn't know it is God. He's telling you, it is God. Are you with me? He's explaining a phenomenon you've been experiencing that you didn't know what it was about. It's not your mind. It is God who walks in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. It is God. It is God. So, as a believer... Your passions can no longer be ignored. When you hear something, it might be something everyone hears. And somehow everyone is cool with it, but it touches you deeply. And you have, some of you, as I'm talking now, this is a confirmation to you. And you have like an overwhelming sense of responsibility as if you must do something about it. The wall of Jerusalem was destroyed. Everybody heard about it. Nobody said anything. But Nehemiah heard. His countenance changed. He wasn't the same again. Even his boss noticed. He came to work feeling, feeling down. The boss said, what is the matter? And he just said, sir, I can't take this. This wall is like this. You know, he just had a compelling dream. Are you aware Nehemiah never heard from God to do anything about the world? But are you aware that it was his divine assignment to do something about it? This is how God leads. 
Some of you, you have a stereotypical perspective of how God leads. He must speak to you with a voice. He must tap you when you are sleeping. He must, you know, but sometimes, he just puts a passion in you. Come on, are you with me? He just puts a passion. Nehemiah couldn't take it. And every step he took in the direction of that passion, he was taken in the direction of the leading of God. Are you getting it now? It is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So how do I know when it's just my normal human passion or if it is a supernatural passion? Three simple ways. Are you ready? Three simple ways. Number one, which is the most important, when you pray, instead of it reducing, it increases. When you pray, even instead of it reducing, it what? So listen, if it is your flesh, the more you pray, the more it will subside. But if it is the spirit, when you pray about it, it will get hotter. It will get hotter. All right? Number two is love. Investigate the motives. Investigate the motives. If it is for instance, Nehemiah had a secure job in the palace. If you are having a passion to go and build wall, it must be God. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? You, if your passion is to walk in Chevron, maybe, <laughs> and you're allowed to have your natural passions, though. do you understand? You're allowed to have a compelling dream to improve your life, you know, to advance your cause, you know, maybe to travel to a better country or whatever. But I'm saying, if it is from God, oh, you know that, I mean, it, it, it's, it doesn't necessarily add up financially. It doesn't add up. It doesn't add up. You know, I was just laughing to someone yesterday. I said, Apostolic Visit Ilori, we spent 10 million. And I'm just thinking, you know, I, I don't think we took offering. We didn't take offering. See, the next time anybody should just tweet and say, when is CCI coming to... <laughs> As you are saying, you just squeeze 30M in my hand. Otherwise, don't talk to me. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? So, we, many of the, so, when the Lord leads you like that, and it's something selfless, when Peter stands up and preaches in Acts chapter 2, his life is at risk. It's not because... He thought he was going to be popular for it. It was a selfless thing to do. If it is God, it will be traced to a deep-seated selflessness. Amen, somebody. Hallelujah. I think I will share the third one later. For time's sake. The third, the fourth, confirmations, right? I'm not going to spend too much time on this. But has it happened to you that you're already dealing with something in your heart? Maybe God is speaking to you about something and it's almost as if everywhere you go, all the sermons you hear will be on that thing. You will enter the bookshelf. You will see the book, a book on that topic. Um, you're just talking to you, a friend and a friend will just bring up that topic. That's God. You know, something happened to me three months ago. There was someone, you know, who I was supposed to do something with. And I wasn't sure about it. So I was praying about it. I just wanted to know. I wasn't sure about it. Like I had questions maybe on the person's character, but I wasn't sure. I couldn't place my finger on it. Then I went somewhere, somewhere I wasn't even meant to go. I met an old friend and we were just talking and somehow he just brought up that guy and said 10 years ago he did this similar thing I had a concern with he did this and it went south I say hey you know and when the person is confirming to you it looks natural to the person the person doesn't even know that he's confirming something supernatural but in your mind your body is shaking that hey that, hey that's so God save me eh? tell me more 
Come on, are you with me? Maybe your friend just says, ah, there's this guy that has been liking me. Look at his picture. And he just shows you your boyfriend. <laughs> That's confirmation. <laughs> and you say, since when have you been dating? For like six months now. Aha! Wrong, no. Simple, powerful ways God speaks to us. And then, ease, right? What did I call it? Now, this one, there is no hard and fast rule. Because some people now, <laughs> sorry, ease doesn't mean easy. Did you hear what I just said? I said ease, not easy. Because if you are following the will of God, supposedly, and you look for what is easy, ah, go to Canada now. <laughs> Straight up. But what I'm saying is, even if it is something difficult, there will be ease in your spirit. You just know. You have had your Gethsemane experience, and you are ready. All these things are... are there is, there is a litmus test for all these things. Prayer. Even if you don't want to go to the cross, after you pray, you will know. Let's go. It might be hard, but there will be ease. Some of you know what I'm saying. This is the way. You know that's the way. Many have missed out on God because they don't know all these things I'm teaching. Let me say this. The first time I preached on this, I preached on it, and it's so powerful. When God wanted to make David king, did God just send a prophet to take him straight to the palace? That's not what God did. Did God just say, oh yeah, David, come. And just carry David like this. Yeah, come. Oh yeah, Saul, stand up. Oh yeah, you sit down. Sit down, my son. Don't mind him. Saul, go home. Is, is that what happened? Listen, this will change your life. Are you ready? What did God do? He sent a prophet to David's house. The prophet anointed David and went home. <laughs> hey, this God. I'm about to explain some things that have been happening in your life that you didn't understand. I said the prophet did what? anointed David and went home. So what did that anointing do? It put in him a passion. Something that other people didn't have. Goliath had been bragging for days. No soldier had the nerve to challenge him. But David heard Goliath and he couldn't take it. That's the anointing at work. Sometimes, the way God leads us is with supernatural passion. That's what I'm telling you. Supernatural passion. What everybody has been hearing touches you in a different way. Everybody is already used to driving in Lagos, seeing children hawking. But when you see children, your heart bleeds. And you don't understand why. Trace it. If you follow the crumbs, you will arrive at God's plan for your life. Are you aware that God did not tell David to fight Goliath? Are you aware? God did not tell David to fight Goliath. And that's where many of you are missing it. You are still, see, first and foremost, this is the problem you have. This is why you are still single. You know they understand Q. <laughs> Allow me talk, please. <laughs> that's why you are still single. You know they understand Q. The same thing your crush is complaining about, God is complaining about, that he has been giving you sign. <laughs> he has been giving you sign. That's the same way God too. He's putting all these signals around you. He's still saying, God, lead me. God, follow your passion. That divine passion. Because the anointing produces something that will not allow you look at Goliath and turn your back. It will push you towards challenges. Challenges that you are well equipped for. And as you conquer them, guess what? That's where your promotion will happen. And that's where that plan 
of God that you have been praying for will now be executed. That's where it all starts. Just by a supernatural passion. Don't ignore it. God is spirit. His communication is different. His communication is multifaceted. For us, we have to say, uh-huh, come for you, to, for you before you come. But he, he can just put in you a nudge. Something, something, something. So when you pray, start getting conscious of that nudge. Start getting conscious. Some of you, coincidences, which is part of confirmation, will start happening. You will just find someone, you know, that knows something about it or someone who has been to the place before and is giving you unsolicited advice. Or there will just be an opportunity, an opening, which is part of the ease I'm talking about. So don't you say God has not spoken because he did not practically, actually say. It is my prayer for you that in this month, clarity has come to you. Come on, I said clarity has come to you. Uh, In any way you have been facing a dilemma, clarity has come to you. You will know the when, the how, and the with who in the name of Jesus. I want you to stand to your feet and just speak in tongues right now. Speak in tongues right now. Speak in tongues right now. Speak in tongues. Do it louder. You walk in clarity. No confusion. No confusion. You walk in clarity. Clarity by the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Supernatural persuasion and perception. Supernatural restrictions. Supernatural ideas and passions. Supernatural confirmations. Supernatural ease. Supernatural ease. Supernatural ease. Supernatural ease. By the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Supernatural ease. Thank you, Lord. Supernatural ease. Supernatural ease. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we've prayed. One prayer. Every wasted years, I am recovering by the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Begin to pray right now. Begin to pray right now. Begin to pray right now. God, according to your calendar, where ought I be? What ought I be doing? By your mercy, let there be a recovery. Let there be speed in the mighty name of Jesus until I am where you have destined for me to be. Recovery. Sotaka balando repahaya. Sinamanda kaindo kopondekepo. Sunamano kuriaka. Si alamano vineke.
Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Listen, I've told you this is a sensitive month. Add some fasting to it. Add some fasting. Direction is not cheap. It's, listen, don't think the devil will just stand and watch as your life is changing and improving. Fast. Pray. Take it seriously. There must be a seriousness in your approach. Zokapala. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I want to give just 20 more seconds. Speak in tongues. Speak in tongues some more. Speak in tongues. Speak in tongues. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Kai. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give Jesus a shout. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809 996 7000. Blessings.